is Deacon Philip Jackson. I am the director of the Office of the Permanent Diaconate for the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. Family, we gather once again to praise God, and we start as we always do with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went, and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, we ate and drank in your company and you taught us our, our, in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers, and there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out, and people will come from the east and the west, and from the north and the south, and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. My brothers and sisters, what a strong message for us from this gospel uh, that Luke records for our, our understanding and, and to think about passing through the narrow gate. Who is it that will enter into the kingdom? Here we are in November, remembering the, those who have died before us. We think about our, our families, our parents, godparents, grandparents, and, and, and sadly, even some of our children who have preceded us in death. And one of the things that people ask of us and, and the many vigils and funerals that I have done as a deacon to offer them words of consolation, words of hope, that we will see each other again. I've had the opportunity since being a deacon, I've been a deacon almost 16 years now. And people will ask me, what do you enjoy so much about being a deacon? What are the highlights? And certainly, Marriages, receiving vows of, of couples that are entering into that sacred mystery of, of matrimony, right? Not understanding who they are and, and who they will be marrying and, and that it's for life. But also the joy of baptism. I love babies. I, I have nine grandchildren and, uh, and just blessed. And, and, and one thing about babies is that you look at them. And they smile and you wonder, what are they thinking? Did God just tell them a joke? 
and they're smiling. But in those joyful moments as well, one of the things that I enjoy are funerals, funeral vigils, because when I was in formation, my mother was perhaps my greatest cheerleader besides my family, my wife and and children. And we would speak every week. And uh, I grew up in Oakland from the San Francisco Bay Area. And I would talk to my mother every Sunday afternoon. And the Lord decided to call her home six months before I was ordained. And that was hard, certainly, yes, for the, for the loss of my mom. But one of the things as, at that time as an instituted acolyte, I could do the funeral vigil for my mom. And it was a very moving moment because as a young boy, my parents taught me a lot. But at that moment, my mother was teaching me how to preside at a funeral vigil, how to be present to a family that has lost a loved one. And she continues to teach me even to this day so that even as I visit with a family who's lost someone, it is to be present with them. Over these last 15 years, I've been on a marvelous journey that the Lord has guided me on. And part of that was that seven years ago, the Cardinal selected me to be the director of the permanent diaconate. We have perhaps one of the largest formation programs in the country. Well, not the largest diaconate program. Los Angeles and Chicago have more deacons than us. But we have 386 deacons. 386, and in in February of 2023, the cardinal will ordain 46 more. So we have a very large diaconate program. And so when the, when the cardinal asked me to become the, the director seven years ago, that was something that I was not expecting. I was the, the business manager, parish administrator, what have you, at Christ the Redeemer Catholic Church on the northwest side in Cyprus. And over 7,400 families. We have a school, we have just, it's a, it's a beautiful parish. And I was happy, but the Lord didn't want me there. He wanted me to head up the diaconate. And one of the things that I share with the men in formation is that if you are asked to preside at a funeral or a funeral vigil, get there early. Make your presence known to the family and let them know that you will be leading them in prayer. To enter into the moment with them, not to think about what you have to do next, because as a culture, we pride ourselves in being able to multitask. But don't multitask at that moment. To be with that family to enter into those moments of reminiscing about the, the loved one, 
enter into the moments of their tears. And that is what my mother taught me at her funeral, was to be present. To be present not only to my mom, but to be present to these people that I perhaps don't know. To these families who have reached out to the church for this final moment of prayer that's offered on behalf of the church for the family and for the loved one. And so here we are in November, as we remember all saints and all souls, and to remember those who have helped us along the way. Certainly to look at the saints who have in their lives, in their own struggles, have been graced by God and and elevated to such a status of sainthood. And we look at some of the African-American people who are being considered for sainthood now. And last year or, you know, with the pandemic, it is, it's, it, our minds are kind of like in a time warp. And so several years ago, I, I had an opportunity to see a, a one act play of um, Father Tolton. What a powerful experience. And after learning about Father Tolton, I have included him as part of my daily prayer, as part of my daily prayer. And what I ask Every morning, I ask the Lord, when I, as soon as my feet hit the floor, it's a very simple prayer. Lord, we praise you and thank you for this day. If today should be the day that I die, help me be kind to those that I meet and to each other. Help me to make good choices. Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. St. Catherine Drexel, pray for us. Father Tolton, pray for us. Archbishop Fulton Sheen, pray for us. Sister John Martin, pray for us. All holy men and women, pray for us. Now, many of those names, of course, you recognize. You don't know the last one, Sister John Martin. She was my high school teacher, my mentor. She was our journalism instructor. And over the course of me growing up and over the many years, she became a very close and dear friend whom I could call upon when I had lack of confidence in in being a deacon, questioned myself about whether or not I could do the role as the director of the permanent diaconate. And she lived in San Francisco right next to the, to the cathedral in San Francisco. And, and, and several years ago, my wife and I went out to San Francisco to visit with her and she says, Oh, I've got something for you. And so she went into to the next room. She came out and she had a white saccato. I looked at her and I said, what is this? She goes, it belonged to Saint, it belonged to 
Pope Paul VI, and I want you to have it. And I looked at her and I said, I know you're serious. And I started to cry. And she gave me Pope Paul VI Sacchetto that I have at home in my study. And it is one of those things that people that we encounter in our lives give us gifts. Yes, some material gifts, but also spiritual gifts. And so during this month of November, where we remember those who have died, to recall upon those spiritual gifts that we have given, that they have given us, and perhaps even some spiritual gifts that we have unknowingly given to someone else. Last month, I had an opportunity to do a baptism of several children, preside at a baptism. And, which again, I, I enjoy, I enjoy babies. They're just so beautiful. They're so, you look at them and they are just so innocent. And afterwards, one of the members of the baptism team uh, said, Deacon, I, I wanted to share something with you, something that you don't know, but I want to share something with you. And I asked, I said, sure, what, what's up? He said, many years ago, I grew up in another faith and I would come to church with my wife every Sunday. And when I would come up for communion, I would have my arms crossed for a blessing. And you gave me a blessing and you touched my arm. And it was like electricity going through my body. And I could sense the Holy Spirit. And that started my journey towards conversion to the Catholic faith. I entered into RCIA and now I'm a Catholic. And I'm not sharing that story about me. I'm sharing that story about the power of prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit, that here we are in this month where we remember those who have died, remembering the communion of saints, remembering how powerful our connections are with them and with everyone. Because as we hear in the funeral liturgies, life has not ended. It's only changed. It has not ended. It has only changed. And just we're, we're just a month or so away from the funeral liturgy of uh, Archbishop Joseph Fiorenzo, who was the archbishop of this archdiocese for a number of years, who ordained, who did not ordain me, but I certainly had a close relationship with him in my own special way, as so many of us did. And to remember just a simple touch, a, a gesture, a question, a joke that we recall. And, and I remember uh, with, with Archbishop Fiorenza, he had, his hands were huge. And he would come up and hit me in my chest and say, are you behaving yourself? And I said, yes, Archbishop, I'm behaving myself. He said, good. And, but I didn't understand at the moment when he first started saying that, even before I was even in the diaconate, working in the parish, are you behaving yourself? And that's a message that we hear or just heard in the gospel about entering through the narrow gate. 
are we behaving ourselves? Just in my simple prayer each morning, help me to make good decisions. Will my decisions, will my actions help me enter through that narrow gate? Because so many things can happen in our lifetime and so many things can happen throughout the day where a coarse word or or remark, something that crosses our lips that we cannot take back, affect people in a way that we may not understand, may affect people in a way that brings them closer to God. We pray, I hope we would pray, that whatever my actions are, they don't harm people and harm the body of Christ. And so as we look at our lives during this month of November to reflect on who has helped me in my struggle as a person, as a human being, that Uber driver who picks you up at the airport, who sees that you're lost. I was, I was going to a conference. I had never used Uber before. <laughs> I'm standing there trying to figure out who and how and where, where to go. And this Uber driver pulled up and he said, you look lost. He said, you are another human being. You need help. And so he drove me to where I needed to be. And he said, when you get ready to leave, call me and I will come. He says, my wife is having a baby today. When you call, I will come. And I said, you need to be with your wife and your new baby. He says, but you're another human being and you need help. And so oftentimes we look at our own lives and our own situations and we think it's all about me, but it's not. It's about the other person. And so when we as deacons are doing, presiding at funerals, weddings, whatever it is that we are able to do as deacons in in our ministry, it needs to always be about the other person. For our Lord, it was always about the other person first. People would ask him or come up to him and and he would ask, what is it that you want? What do you want? I want to be healed. I want to be whole. I want to be able to walk. I want to be cleansed. Okay. And so for us, As Catholics, as we encounter others, they may not be Catholic. They may not even believe in God. What is it that you want? I remember being at the store many, many years ago and wearing my my deacon cross. And the cashier said, that's a beautiful cross that you have on. And I shared with them. I said, it's, it's a deacon cross. And they said, oh, I don't believe in God. And I just simply looked at them and I said, but God believes in you. That's all I said. And I turned and walked away. God is 
here constantly giving us his love and affection. Are we open to receiving that? And what we receive, are we freely giving it to someone else or are we acting as God filters? Are we trying to determine who is worthy to enter through that narrow gate? Or are we being conduits of God's love, letting them see that wherever they are in their life, they can be loved, they can be redeemed, and they can be joined in a special way with the communion of saints. As we look back throughout the day, and as we lay our heads down at night, we can simply thank God for the day. Lord, watch over us as we stay awake and protect us as we sleep. May we have a restful night and a peaceful death. Amen. So family, during this month of November where we remember all of those holy men and women all of those who have gone before us, that we keep them in our prayers and in a special way, ask them to pray for us as well. So I leave you family with this message. Be good to each other. May God bless you all the days of your life. Amen. This is Deacon Philip Jackson. I am the director of the Office of the Permanent Diaconate for the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, giving praise to God each and every day. Amen.